Welcome to the Section 109 podcast. I am not your host, and I am not your producer. Who are you? I am Matt Coniglio, a.k.a. Whiskey is Fine on the Twitter. Uh, producer, producer and host Jay Buchanan was unable to be with us tonight, uh, so we are forging on without him. Uh, as always, though, I'm with my trusty co-host, Mr. Breezy. Welcome. Hello, Matthew. This is Breezy. Uh, you can find me at Andrew Brzee on Twitter. Ching Ching. Ching Ching. We are here with a special guest joined by Jim, a.k.a. Chattagooner on the Twitter sphere. Did I get that right? You got it right. Yep. And in case you're living under a rock and have stumbled upon this episode and have none of the other ones, I'm terribly sorry. And uh, also, no, I'm, I'm happy for you. Get out while you still can. <laughs> uh, and, and also, uh, you can find Jim and... Uh, and on his regular podcast, the 423 Soccer Pod. Go listen to them, throw them a, a subscribe because they put out excellent uh, work in between every game, but also in the post-match rant, which I always enjoy um, because it, it, it says a lot of things that I want to say. Yeah, and then Matt tells us what we got wrong. <laughs> it, which sounds like my day. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you know how it goes. Well, this actually. Is, this well, is actually part four of, of 52. A great many number of parts uh, for the 2019 end of season wrap up uh, and a little preview of what's to come in 2020. And where can we find the other three parts, Matt? So you can find part one on the 423 Soccer Podcast. You can find part two uh, right here at the Section 109 Podcast. You can find part three back at the 423 Soccer Podcast. And obviously this is part four. On no, the Section 109 no, podcast. Yeah, no word if, if there will be more and more parts that will continue. <laughs> to be day. determined to see how, how far off topic we get and, and how many questions we forget. So let's run down uh, what you're, what you're going to expect on, on this podcast uh, that you're currently listening to. And by the way, if you have not listened to any of the first three parts, I would stop what you're doing. Uh, stop what you're, you're listening to. Stop listening to me and go back and listen to me some more in the earlier episodes. Definitely. And you can find those in any place that you find both good and bad podcasts. <laughs> just, yeah, just look for really good ones. And and then, and, and then we'll, we'll be there too. Well, the four to three soccer pod will, it, you, you can search in the, in the doldrums of, of, and, and dredge through the mud and you'll eventually find the uh, section one hundred nine podcast. So breezy, what, uh, what can we expect to, to have on the show today? So we're going to, uh, in no particular order, have a quick appearance by Merch Babe Mary, uh, a little profile for you. I, I think you're going to really enjoy that. Uh, we're also going to talk about a lot of the future and a bunch of listener questions regarding CFC. We've, as mentioned before, covered the recaps of the season. So most of these questions are looking forward, but I'm sure a, f a few are looking back and, and I hope you guys enjoy that. And then we will also cover uh, That's So NPSL, a little uh, update on a, on a previous That's So NPSL segment. So it's a, it's a great show. And we are not, unfortunately, in the lab, in the lair. We are in the uh, Section 109 Tower. Um, we are in Whiskey's Tower, as it were. Yes. Yeah. We're always, always happy to host uh, happy to host the crew. And we, we apologize. We miss you, uh, Producer Jay, the audio will, is never the same without you. And normally, I would have also, you know, my other my other trusty sidekick, Todd from the Four Two Three Soccer Pod. You can find him at Great Footballer, Gr. 
the number eight FTP. Do you know how long it took? I followed him for a very long time <laughs> before I realized so that's long. what it was supposed to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I think, I, you know, well, I've given him enough heck about it, so I won't, I won't give any more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get right into the pod. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Section 109 podcast. We are at my favorite segment, the That's So MPSL segment, where we examine why soccer or how soccer is so stinking crazy. So if you guys remember, if, if listeners remember, the world-class premier team, and I'll, and I'll give a quick uh, update, um, or a quick flashback, I should say, before the update. So they are a UPSL team literally called World Class Premier. Their uh, logo says World Class Premier 2016, and they are part of the UPSL, and then they play in the Maryland Majors. So uh, the first update on on this amazing team is they picked up uh, three points a few weekends ago in UPSL to stay top of the table. Uh, Matt, I want you to guess, uh, what, what did their win look like? What did their win look like? Yeah, like how many points? How many goals did they score? Oh, uh, I know. I know. Like, all right, all right, Matt, go first. Like three or four, like a normal team might win with. All right. Well, we have Jim from the Four uh, Two Three Soccer Pod. How many goals did they score, Jim? Twelve. No. Yeah, they did. Nineteen. Nineteen. What? what? They won nineteen to zero. They, well, they won another match twelve zero because I saw. I saw so uh, first of all, the the full time score says world class premier elite nineteen FC Millennium, which they might need to go back to the more know, like FC Millennials. Yay zero, <laughs> and then hashtag play the right way. Wow. So they won nineteen zero. Apparently, doing uh, pretty good work in the UPSL. So that's the first update. Um, our team that we made fun of is. Apparently pretty good at soccer. And then uh, a new tweet popped up, and it, I'll read it to you. It says, from the world-class premier at world-class prem, we're heading to Nashville. Over the next three days, we will attend the NPSL Soccer AOM, which is the annual owners meeting, to talk with uh, other teams and the league about rules, regulations, and the future. We're excited for this next chapter. If you're in Nashville, don't hesitate to say hi. So apparently... Uh, world-class premier has got some aspirations. And then, four days after that, we are happy to announce that after our fall 2019 seasons, guys, this is a shocker, world-class premier elite will be rebranding. I'm shocked. Yeah. Wait, where's, the, where's the sad the uh, the sad button? I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's this one? Nope, that's not it. Try again. Producer Jay, we right miss you. Right next to it. No, yep, that one. Oh no, fun above it. Fail. So many fails. Come on, you're going to get it? There. That's the, that's, that's the right the, one. You, they will be rebranding as Maryland Bobcats FC. Uh, honestly, straight and they will be, from here. They will be entering, uh, I believe, the NPSL. Yep. Yes. As the Maryland Bobcats. I don't mind. You know, you I kind of love it. I mean, did you see the. I mean, where's their little logo? I mean, their logo's not. It's not oh. Got a little music here. Yeah, see actually, that? their logo's pretty clean. Yeah, the the logo's cool. Not de- decent colors. I mean, everybody everybody loves 
Everybody loves black and yellow. Yeah, so I think that they um, world class premiere or world class yeah world class premiere is such a terrible name they had to rebrand. Um, Maryland elites, I mean, a Mar- Maryland Bobcats, excuse me, is a pretty good name. Sorry. And it's a pretty good crest. Um, the only thing that could have made it better if it was just the Maryland DC Zoo Bobcats. Uh, I agree. And let's go ahead and go back to a very funny tweet uh, that is I also saved about this. Um, and it's from the Chattahooligans, the beautiful admin there, which was not me. Uh, it says, straight forward from here, and it quote tweets that their world-class premiere has rebranded to Maryland Bobcats has moved to the MPSL. And it says, uh, number one, or step one, club rebrand. Step two, liberate DC Zoo Bobcat. Step three, Bobcat-led coup. Step four, President Bobcat. Honestly, the, President Bobcat. For the few of you that get that joke, that, that where these Venn diagrams of Twitter cross, you like that. And I I'm like one of them. That. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is very NPSL. Eight, um, there's our update. Yeah, and I that, guess we'll... That literally is so NPSL. Yeah. I guess we'll see you guys for the next one. All right. Welcome back to the Section 109 podcast. We're here with our special guest, Merch Babe Mary. Say hello, Mary. Hi, guys. What's going on? Merch Babe, thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by. We I, have... <laughs> I still don't know how you talked me into this. Okay. <laughs> we you have, you uh, stumbled into the uh, whiskey towers and now you're stuck here. That's true. Yeah. As long as I get out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It might be a it might be a long night. If whiskey our... if whiskey meowing in the background is any uh, <laughs> indication, you may be stuck here for a minute. Yeah. Uh, so let's start off with the the most easy one. Who are you? Um, I guess for those of you who don't know, I work for CFC. I've sold their merchandise for the last five seasons. And that's where the name Merch Babe Mary comes from. Yes, it came from you, Breezy, because you somehow <laughs> thought it was entertaining and that I wasn't offended and then I, it needed to be a thing. I don't think it was me. I think someone suggested it to me, but I definitely like it. I think it's fun. That is a lie because you blatantly told it was me. That t- <laughs> you told me that it was you who came up with it. I don't, so. re- I don't remember that. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> I think it's great. You're not offended, are you? No, but I just still don't understand how it was the thing, but okay. It's a, it's a term of endearment. <laughs> it is. For sure. Right. We, we, we try to name uh, Merch Dude Smo, Merch Babe Smo. <laughs> it, it, it hasn't stuck. Work. It hasn't stuck. Smo Daddy stuck. Smo Daddy <laughs> stuck, though, yeah. All right, Mary, uh, where are you from? I actually grew up in Chattanooga, so I've lived here. I went away for college and grad school, and then I ended up back here. Okay. You have any, uh, any siblings? I have three siblings. I have an older brother, an older sister, and a twin brother. Twin. Ooh. Did any of you play soccer? They did in middle school, nothing past that. What about you? I played it for one season when I was eight, I think. <laughs> I sucked, but it's fine. And then you bailed. <laughs> well, you have to admit what your faults are and hand-eye coordination, not one of mine. So you got to own who you are. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That okay. Fair. Uh, so how did, you, how did you end up at CFC? It's a bit of a loop, but for those of you who know Reed... I basically came into the organization through Reed. So he and I used to work together at a company called Enzo's and he left pretty uh, about a year after to start working for CFC. And then a little while after that, they needed help. So he pulled in me and my friend or our friend, Laura, and she left after a season and I just stuck cause I just started loving the people. So that's cool. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite club soccer team 
not named CFC. <laughs> so it, no, but I can talk a little bit of soccer. So it's like, I know who my friend's teams are. So I can, <laughs> you know, as my brother likes to say, I know a little bit about a lot enough to make me dangerous. So if he would like for me to have a team, you can tell these guys and they can let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't say Arsenal. It's fine. Please, please, no. I mean, I can only say anything about Arsenal because that's Shelly's favorite. So, and Georgia's. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, we all have friends who make bad decisions. <laughs> Your favorite team is anybody who is playing against Arsenal. That's right. See, I know things. <laughs> uh, uh, did you ever have, did you ever like watch a lot of soccer growing up? No. So my, uh, one of my best friends from high school, Julie played soccer. So I would go to games to watch her. And then that was really about it other than just going to support other clubs, like club sports and such. And then until I actually started working for CFC, I never really watched a soccer game. And I guess technically (laughs) I still don't watch soccer games when I'm at CFC, but that's uh, when you're busy, it's fine. That makes sense. Uh, what's your favorite CFC chant? So I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but you know, I'm not on a lot of social media, so it's fine. Um, I'm blind, I'm deaf. I want to be a ref and breathalyze <laughs> the ref are my favorites just because you're calling the refs out for such bad decisions and it's just hilarious to poke at them. I know that a lot of people have started hating on those chants lately and that's, they're allowed to, but I just still think that they're funny. That's fair. I love making fun of the ref. It's just, it's so easy. And sometimes they make it so easy to hate them. And a lot of times they deserve it. Exactly. And I think that's really, honestly, any of the chants are hilarious just because they are meant to poke at the goalie, the player, the ref, whatever. And it's just the cleverness of what you're doing and saying. Uh, Okay. So do you have any hidden talents? I mean, probably something a lot of people don't know is that I used to play the violin, so it's been a little bit of time since that's happened, but I should probably be able to pick it straight back up and at least make a tune happen. (laughs) I used to, we, my favorite was always, uh, because I went to GPS and we would do the Mayday, and my favorites were, we did a 007 one, we did the Muppets, we did the Beef Chant, um, so lots of little random things like that. Nice. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, do you have any, like, game day superstitions that you do? Superstitions, not really, but it's just probably for me it's what I wear is that, like, I always wear the same earrings just because they were my grandmother's and they were blue, and it's just I like it because it's a remembrance of her, and then it's just become what I've done. It's not necessarily a superstition of I have to. It's, it's, now, are it's we going to lose, though, if you don't wear them? I have not worn them and we have not lost on those days. So to me, oh. it, it does. it's not really a tradition or superstition. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'll allow it. Thank you. Uh, a general question, because mm-hmm. uh, we've asked a bunch of the players this. Uh, do you listen to m- music when you're working out? Oh, heck yeah. You have to. It's always about the beat. You, Sh- I mean- Shout out Caleb. <laughs> Psycho, you and Sheldon not listening to music. You have to. I it mean- was Sheldon, right? Not Thomas. I wasn't there that day. Oh, we did an interview with Sheldon and Thomas, and I think it was Sheldon that said he doesn't listen to music, but maybe it was Thomas. I think it was Sheldon. Anyway, you psychos out there not listening to music, get it together. I mean, to me, music is it, it is a theme for your life, and it. I mean, to me, music can bring me up or bring me down, and my 
twin brother loves to give me crap about this. He actually once called me a metalhead because I, <laughs> and I was in about this. You? I know, right? <laughs> he said that and I was just like, do you know me at all? And I said, because he was telling me about somebody who was coming to town and I should come up and see them. I was like, yeah, I know one of their songs. And he said, but you listen to them all the time. I said, no, if I'm listening to that, I'm angry. So you better stay away. <laughs> nice. So uh, let's move to some rapid fire. Okay. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I believe pineapple belongs almost anywhere, so yes. Yes. Bad answer. I mean, well, I'm, that's not the right ask- answer. I'm not asking you to eat it. Just don't <laughs> take away my choice. Whatever. Thank you. Uh, who has the best hair on the team? Oh, Ruben. Duh. Okay. Juan Hernandez, I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's had the longest running joke about the good hair, so if it has to be that category, fine, but... No, no, you, you can choose whoever you want. I just want Juan to know he's loved. What's your uh, What's your favorite meal? Ever? Yes. Butter chicken. Why? Because I love Indian food, and how could you not like that? Fair enough. Totally fair. It would, I would eat it every day for the rest of my life. What's your favorite beer at Chattanooga Brewing Company after a win? I mean, almost any beer, just because it's usually the first alcohol I've had of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Usually the first. What are you doing with your time? If I get a second in the game day, I'm lucky if I get to go to the restroom. So how do you think I could actually drink on a game day? But I mean, with an attitude like that, I guess you can't. (laughs) But um, probably the go-to that I have is the chestnut, although I had their black lager last night. Or was it the night before that... um, Whenever Tuesday, whenever day that was. What day are we on? I don't know. <laughs> no, it all runs together. Now. All of that. It's a blur. Uh, so. If you could do uh, a different job for a day uh, around around game day, yeah, CFC based job. Yeah, what would you be like? What would you want to do? Cruz job because I just feel like he's always around socializing and having a good time. <laughs> Shout out Krubrock. <laughs> he's just always entertaining to watch. So I just want to know what he actually does on game day. <laughs> I think uh, socialize and, and, look, and look pretty. So that big smile. Right. That's, that sounds kind of fun. And everybody loves him. He's always getting a high five and a hug or just, oh, yeah. uh, right? All right. Is there, uh, is there anything else you'd want our listeners to know about you that we did not cover? I don't know. I mean, that's too much pressure. I didn't know I was doing this until about an hour ago. So Actually, I have an idea okay. for a question that might also relate to the last one. Okay. Uh, and, and it's semi-related. Uh if, if the people out there are listening want to want to find a way to, to get in touch with you, where would they find you in social media? <laughs> so the only place I actually live on social media is maybe Facebook and really only Facebook Messenger because I just typically don't have time to look at any of the other social medias. So I'm relatively low key. Sorry. Be- better social, for you. <laughs> a social media-less person. I'm, I'm, I just, I don't have time. And then the few times I actually can, it just, I don't care is that bad so if listeners want to find you they have to find you at the merch booth pretty much like on game day yes (laughs) like or i have literally had the cops go slow down and i'm yelling make a hole as i'm running through so you're lucky if you can grab my arm and stop me so (laughs) hope i don't run over you sorry no grabbing merch with mary's arm (laughs) if i ran over you at any point i'm sorry all right well merch by mary thanks for thanks for stopping in no problem jumping on the pod let's move on to the next segment let's do it You know, I've never actually listened to that whole 
that whole drop all the way through. And it went on way longer than I was expecting. It's a good drop. So we're back at the Section 109 podcast, uh, taking what, some what, listener questions. What is y'all's deal with like Westerns? Listen, I, Ask what, Producer Jay. I really like Westerns, okay? Is that is that like, yeah, I've noticed the theme. Go of, West, young man. Okay. Go West. Are you, are you Michael W. Smithing right now? Or? A little bit. I don't know what that means. <laughs> For those that grew up in, 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 in church in the 90s, you know what that means. Oh, if you didn't, well, I know who Michael W. Smith is, but I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the reference. Um, yeah, I mean, people out here, people it, out there are going to be thinking that I've never attended church. It's fine. <laughs> and Matt knows that's not true. That is true. Uh, oh, do you guys attend church together? No. Well, I mean, when I go and when, and I don't, I'm not, you know, we, I, we have been in the same church building. All right. Yeah. We actually turns out we knew each other before we started podcasting. Yeah, he was a he was the first. Were you the first guest? Uh, you may have been the first guest of the four two three soccer pod. And oh yeah, I'm sorry. And he come <laughs> he came over to our lab, <laughs> which is my breakfast nook, and uh, and he walks in and I'm like, wait a minute. And so, but he he has helped with the youth group. Oh. And both my boys went through that youth group, and so my my younger son walks in and says hi, and walks up just walks upstairs, and Matt and I talk, and we do our thing, and he leaves, and AJ comes down and goes, "Why was Matt here?" <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's what I always ask when, he, when he's, after he leaves my house. Like, Why is Matt here? Everyone always asks when they see me. They're like, "What are you doing here?" I was like, "What do you mean? What? What?" How do you what I did, I did, I had still had not put two and two together. I mean, I was just clueless. I, I had also not put two and two together, and I had saw the kid, and I was like, <laughs> "That seems weird." I know that guy. I know that person. Why do I know that person? Why is Matt? What? How do you know who Matt is? <laughs> what is going on? And that's actually so. every listener's uh, reaction to this podcast, which is, "Why is Matt here?" <laughs> and then he responds with, "Well, actually, that should be that should be a segment." Honestly, why is Matt here? Why is Matt here? Well, I was going to say it. The, the listener probably didn't ask themselves, why am I here? <laughs> that's that's true. Um, so speaking of why are we here, we're on to part four of our conversation, and we're going to focus a lot of this part four on listener questions. Um, and so Matt has a few on deck for us right now. Yeah, so Eric Young asks, uh, how does player compensation for CFC compare with certain USL teams? Uh, and he also mentioned stepping stones, stelling club, like what kind of, I guess what kind of club we're going to be. Mm, so that's, that's a really good question from Eric. We don't know the exact parameters of all of our, um, of everything. What we do know is that the average USL team, at least in the pro formas that we see publicly, uh, they project between 300 and 500,000 for, uh, five, 300 and $500,000 for overall salary and overall compensation. And, so that's that's kind of the baseline we're working with, and we're looking at you know other other teams. Um, my understanding is we will not be quite there. Um, we will not be quite to five hundred thousand certainly, um, but I do believe that we will be probably somewhere in the ballpark of that bottom end um, and competitive enough to get good players. I think is is the bottom line. And so yeah, I don't I don't know where else I was going to go with that, but. I, th- I think we would and comparatively, and, and obviously it's a pro forma those those numbers. Sure. So, so teams can do their own their own thing, and some 
definitely spend more and some spend less. Of course. And I would imagine uh, if you lump some of those USL League One teams into into the, the USL conversation, because they're like half of the USL League One is MLS two teams. Mm-hmm. I would say we probably would come in in the bottom half, certainly of of uh, the USL system as a as a comparison. When it comes to NISA, we don't really know. Uh, well, Miami. I mean, we know. Well, yeah, you know, we, we we know Miami. They have and, a lot of and, money. They spend in New York if they're in. You know, we'll, we'll probably be, have we'll a, big over a million too. We don't know a lot about the rest, uh, and so it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to judge and, and project. We'll probably have a better idea come spring. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't expect. I, I mean, like, Chenega is a small market. Um, our our owners, like, obviously, we can meet the PLS, like all these other teams, but like, we don't have a billionaire out there financing this team, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, Stepping Stone Stelling Club was mentioned in part of the question. I wouldn't be shocked if that's exactly what we're trying to be. A place for guys who are under the radar, uh, who didn't get a, a chance right out of college, uh, to come here, try to play well, to move up the food chain. Uh, I mean, in an ideal world, uh, there's some revenue opportunities in terms of selling players uh, if they perform well here. And and I would think that's a that would be a goal. Like I, I would expect, and we talked about about this a little bit on the, on the previous, uh, on a previous episode, I would expect, and, the, and the, I think the goal should be to like, we should be a selling club um, with, with no promotion and relegation. How do uh, teams don't move up and down? Obviously we won't be moving up to the second division through sporting merit, right? But players can move up based on sporting merit, based mm-hmm. on getting new contracts, based mm-hmm. on getting whatever. And it makes sense that we would look to sell players up the food chain, whether it's domestically or internationally, yeah. so that they can get a chance at a higher level and at a bigger payday and, and to advance their career. And that hopefully we could get a return on those players and on the development that we've given them. Um, and currently, you know, there's training compensation and there's, there's, um, there's, a, there's a whole lot of things that, that factor into this conversation, but transfer fees are the, the big thing. And eventually... You, you would want to see in a sustainable club model that players would be sold on for transfer fees now and then, um, promising young players that could, then those funds could be reinvested. There's no one in this club is getting rich. There's not a single owner that is taking money out of this club. Yeah. Um, there is only putting money in and or reinvesting the money that the club brings in. And so I think that it makes, if we're not a selling club, we're doing it wrong. And I don't mean that we can't be a home for many guys, but we need to be cultivating young guys and, and sending them up to other teams, uh, whether it's in the U.S. or abroad, and, and hopefully making a little bit of money off of their exit if we can, and if not, just helping them progress in their career because that's our place in the ecosystem. I think I said this in a previous pod, um, that like a club like Atlanta United, I mean, one of the best top clubs in, in their short existence in, in U.S. soccer now. Uh, big MLS team. They're, I mean, they're a selling club. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, Ajax was in the Champions League semifinal. In the, champ, in the Champions League final? Or do they only make semifinal? Oh, I think I think there's a small club from North London that had knocked them out of the semifinal. No, Arsenal was. Uh, small, oh, you said small club. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said Who? small club. Uh, Spurs. Yeah. He said small. Who? He said small club. I mean, never he, heard of him. Yeah, no. I mean, I understand. 
Well, listen. Never heard of that other club, the Arsenal. Is that like a, a group of weapons? Well, yeah. weapons from yesteryear, which kind of okay. actually makes sense for Arsenal. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, uh, a club like Ajax, best team, you know, usually best team in in, in the Netherlands. They're a selling club. Yeah, and and, and oh, really, yeah. if you think about it, in world football, everything builds to like a group of half dozen teams that are not the selling clubs. Yeah, that uh, are owned by nation states. <laughs> yeah, and and that. <laughs> yeah. So so if but like if you just think domestically for a second, if Atlanta United is a selling club, then LAFC is out there purchasing really talented young guys, and to then try, trying to sell them, and then trying to sell them after a couple of years for significant profit. They're a selling club. Mm-hmm. If the be- if some of the best that's what clubs, most of the lower division teams do. If some of the best clubs in in the United States. <laughs> Uh, are trying are trying to do that. It makes total sense for us oh, to also yeah. go down that path. Yeah. And that's a little bit different from typical lower division soccer who operates on such these short-term contracts. Uh, because in order to be able to sell a player, like you've got to have some years left on the contract. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something there's got to be something some leverage to work but, with. So but we talked about that early, you know, the last episode, you know, most of them are one-year contracts. So you do you think we're going to try to do some multi-year? So year? it's not just the I mean, it's bu- one year plus a, a pl- club option, yeah, which club which option. makes it a two-year contract yeah. uh, on the, on the club's favor. I do think I don't know what we're doing year 1. This is a big transition year. Potentially you would want to sign guys for 18 months, right? So if it goes how we were talking about earlier and how we think it's going to go with a a spring showcase followed by a full season, it would make sense in my mind to sign guys for 18 months, to sign guys for the first six months so that that showcase and then for the whole rest of the second year. Yeah. I don't know how you do that and do your option. I mean, I, I understand how it works in my mind, but realistically, I don't know if you get that. But I do think going forward... They're going to try to sign guys. They have to try to sign guys to two or three year deals that are promising young guys, mm-hmm. and and probably give them maybe a little bit more money and a little bit more stability. But more than anything, we have always demonstrated that if a guy gets a better offer, when we were an amateur team, we never held anybody back, and we have sent guys. When this last year, folks may not know, we've sent some of our guys out on trial during our friendlies with um, Stumptown. We had several of our guys go out on trial during that week because we wanted them to get a chance with another professional team in case it didn't work out with us mm-hmm. because they wanted, they said, Hey, can we, can I go out on trial? And we said, yes. And can we make some phone calls for you? Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah. we speaking like I'm part of the club, but <laughs> the, the club said, can we make some phone calls for you? Yeah. And they made some phone calls and got them some trials in addition to ones they were able to arrange on their own. So I do think that we will demonstrate, I hope that, and I think that we will demonstrate that we're a selling club and a family club that takes care of its own players and that helps players move on if they need to in their career and helps them progress, whether that's signing multi-year deals and then helping them progress in the middle of that multi-year deal so both sides can profit, or whether it's just helping guys find their soft landing spot after they finish with us. All right, so the next question we have now uh, also comes from Dave Steele. Dave, a prolific question asker. I hope he's Respect. A, I hope he's a prolific listener. Oh, I hope I hope for his sake not. But, he, might have, uh, he might have just been just asking questions to ask questions. Uh, I don't know. But it's actually a really good question. So he says, road tripping with my two favorite allies. Oh, that, I added that. Hold on. Oh, you added that. I may have done some editorializing. Go ahead. All right. Uh, 
So he asks, which NISA away fixtures should CFC supporters plan their 2020 work and travel schedules around? Mm, that's a great question. Jim, what are you thinking? What are you excited about? Uh, for spring NISA? Well, I mean, I think if you haven't been like I haven't, Detroit's got to be on your list. Yeah, that, for sure. Like yeah, that's, if, got, that's got to be. If you've never done it, I think if you've never Detroit's done it, top of the list. Yeah, it's got to be top of the list. I don't know about um, top of the list. Canada's not my favorite country. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But uh, outside of that, um, you know, San Diego's nice. But it's awful far away. It's awful. That's a long way to go. I, I Miami's still the top of my list. No, I don't like Miami. I mean, I don't like their soccer team, but you know, I would think I would think a Miami trip might be might be pretty interesting. Oh, it'll be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'll I'll be honest that basically the top of my list right now is the Michigan Stars, just because I want to go inside that 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 dome thing. I'm not. I'm not even sure they're allowed to play. They can't play inside the dome. Uh, I mean, I heard they're gonna play outside, but yeah, they have to because they can't. You just want to walk inside, like. I mean, on the, on because the I mean, no, no. I mean, they, if they're going to play outside, I don't want to walk in the thing, and that's not number one anymore. But if they're going to play outside, I mean, I mean, inside, I mean, if they're going to play in that thing, I want to be in that thing but again. They can't put enough empty seats inside. <laughs> oh, to hit, the, to hit the minimum empty seat requirement. <laughs> wow, wow. I mean, you could you, you could fit a lot of folding chairs, Jim, in a in a gymnasium that well, has that, turf well, on that, the bottom well, of them. That's what they'd have to do. I mean, I think uh, what this what's the minimum? Have three? Is it? The is minimum, the minimum in Nisa. Oh, the minimum for for D three for D three is a thousand seats. A thousand, yeah. So I think they're like I don't think they're halfway there. But I think they can hit that if they want. And I think I the, thought they had to go outside for that. Also, I think they may be able to get a waiver. I think they have to go outside, just kind of period. I mean, hitting the oh, ball hitting play. the roof is no big deal. It's an outdoor. It's an outdoor professional league. Listen, pro teams can play. So in MLS Kena. and you know, you know, Atlanta has a dome. That's true. I mean, they can open the roof. That's true. And it looks like a very weird flower. You're a very weird flower. That's true. <laughs> so, um, stars, what, really. That's what you're yeah, going with? Yeah, if they're playing indoors. If they're not playing indoors, I just want to see it for the novelty. If they're not, uh, it's Miami. And then, I, I agree, San Diego and L.A. are up there as well. Yeah, L.A. is terrible. But San Diego, I haven't been to San Diego. So. I, have, I have a buddy in L.A., so I'd like to go see him. It's a good excuse. San think- Di- I've never, I, I don't know if I've been to San Diego. I think I've driven through when I was a kid like my, with my parents. So, I, yeah, San Diego sounds dope. Let's go to Tijuana. I think Oakland would be kind of cool. I think oh. I think Oakland looks like an experience kind of, you know, for the match because they're, they've got, they've got a vibe going on. They've got like concerts going on before the matches and there's like 4,000, 5,000 people there. So, the problem with San Diego is that there's like a thousand people, but they play in like a 70,000 You'll never have to worry about getting your ticket in. No, no, that's true. The The beautiful thing about Oakland is if you like wine, you like wine country, you can go stay in Napa yeah. before and after because, you know, Napa is not far outside of Oakland. In fact, you can even get into the outskirts of Napa and then ride the, um, it's not truly the outskirts of Napa, but it's not far from Napa. You can ride the train in. I mean, there's, there's lots of cool things around the Bay Area to see. Mm-hmm. And Oakland is definitely a cool place. I've just, I've spent some time there personally in the last couple of years. I had a friend out there. So I, I want to go to Oakland, but it's, it's a little bit further down on my list because I've seen that part of the country. I, like I said, I've never been to San Diego and I've definitely never seen full-size professional indoor soccer on an indoor tin can. <laughs> yeah, you, you can have that. Uh, and Detroit's super overrated, so. 
Snaps. <laughs> so, okay. So before we move on to our next question, I had a thought. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's scary. We talked about 20, 2020 road trips. Yes. Okay. Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Opening up the season on February 29th. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, what about what about your favorite road trips from this past year? Oh, I thought you were going forward. Oh, 2021, my favorite uh, is going to be the moon. The moon. <laughs> That's where Nisa's next theme is going to be. Um, Connecticut. I don't think it, the Connecticut Wolf Pack Moon Bear Moon Wolf <laughs> Full Moon Wolves. Those sound like uh, werewolves. Uh, twenty nineteen. Let's see. Where did we go that was fun? Well, we our first road trip was to where was it? I already forgot. Um, the first road well, we had we had road trips the Georgia Revolution to Asheville. We had Asheville, Asheville Greenville, Nashville, Inter Nashville. And Atlanta, Atlanta, SC, before the uh, for the Members Cup, before, and we went to Miami. we went to North Georgia for a friendly. Oh, we no, did. That's go, true. We did go to Richland High School for a friendly, <laughs> and that's that's my favorite road trip because it was the, the only, only road trip. The only road trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Let's see. I did not go to Asheville or Georgia this year, and I did not go to Atlanta or Nashville this year. I missed all of those road trips. Which is a bummer. I did do so. Richmond was your oh the only NPSL road trip he goes on is Greenville, and we lose that game. I found the common oh. denominator. Yeah, that's <laughs> he true. Stays away, we win. He goes, we lose. That's true. I I messed it up. I'm sorry, guys. So you oh. saved all your away trips for Members Cup. I did, and we lost all those too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we figured it out, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It's yep. my fault. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think New York is up there as one of my favorites um, this year. New York was super cool because we'd ne- I'd never I- I'd been there on class trip in like 2007, so like it wasn't it was a high school thing, so I didn't really know anything about it or no I wasn't an adult planning my own trip. I was just going to places, so that was really really cool to go to New York, spending some time in Brooklyn with my our, our friends, um, spend, then spending some time in Manhattan. Uh, my wife and I stayed for a couple extra days. That was really cool. And honestly, Milwaukee was really fun. I I would love to take a group trip to Milwaukee. Um, it was a different vibe as a city. It's kind of it's it's a little bit rust belt, but it's interesting. Um, I don't know. We had fun, and I and I hope Milwaukee makes Nisa. Um, also, we could use some interesting content for the That's So MPSL segment. And as long <laughs> as Davey's around, I expect yeah. po- I expect a podcast content to uh, abound. Um. Detroit is always a blast, all jokes aside. Got to see the field house. Um, got to play soccer on the field house. Um, turf, which is like really soft. Really soft turf. There's like no pellets. It's weird. Um, oh, got to so st- it's older turf. It just, I like, guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, it's a really cool. I want a field house. I, I really, really want a, a similar thing. It's really, really cool. It's like an indoor Highland Park Commons. Um, and, and it has a bar attached. So like, sign me up. <laughs> um I guess that's kind of the the end of the members cup. So yeah, I don't know. That was fun. Greenville was a bummer. Um, it was fun. Matthew and I drove the whole way. Um, also, a, a really fun memory from from this season was driving to uh, Stumptown during the member during oh, the members yeah. cup. Not for the members cup. Driving to Nisa, doing some live podcasting from the uh, car. Live podcasting slash live broadcasting on Twitter. 
Um, that was weird, but fun. We were, except we were able to take live calls and be on the air. I don't know. It was weird, but it was cool. But yeah, it was, we had some fun times this year on the road, but, uh, I'm really excited about next year when we have a bunch of new teams we've never played before. Cause there's nothing like a new, ex- I'm like, I wish Puerto Rico FC was still, you know, they were in the NASL. I wish they would yeah. come back to Nisa. Can you imagine <laughs> Island road trips? Oh my yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. That's what I really want to happen. <laughs> but more new places that I can convince Ella to go see with me that we get to go see a soccer game in the middle of. I'm that's, that's like heaven. That's the dream right there. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a different, let's take a different tack. We're going to go out. Uh, Ask some, uh, some, some little bit different questions, uh, some related to the team from 2019, uh, and uh, yeah. So let's just let's just go for it. And this, these are for both both of you. Okay. Uh, who is your Who is your most valuable player for 2019? Mm, that's hard. So I'm gonna go so with all of to, all of 2019. To, all of 2019. And by the way, you can define most valuable player yeah. however you like. Please explain. You want to go first, Jim? Or you want me to? No, you go for it. I'm thinking. Okay, so I, I have two. And I'm going to pick two. Uh, and I'll give two different reasons. Um, Joao Costa was much easier to explain. He was our co-leading scorer. He was the Members' Cup Golden Boot winner. Um, he was injured for a lot of the season. But he also scored one of the greatest goals I've ever witnessed in person in any soccer game against Real Batis. He had that run against Comunicaciones. He had that goal away against the New York Cosmos. I mean, he... He just had some brilliant moments, especially that goal against Real Batis. And, you know, not for nothing, he, he was our leading scorer, uh, our, our co-leading scorer. And then our, the other player that may not have had the most flashy season on the field uh, is Juan Hernandez, the captain. And if you count assists and hockey assists or MLS assists, basically the pass before the assist, he had uh, the most assists and hockey assists together by a long shot. Basically, if, if Juan Hernandez was not making the pass to score a goal or the pass before the pass to score a goal, we weren't scoring for large portions of the season. And uh, our, our offense kind of went as he went, and he finished strong with two goals right at the end. Um, so those are my two MVPs uh, kind of for different reasons, one for providing the ball and then one for scoring the ball. Joe Alcosta had 11 goals in the season with four assists, uh, and that includes both primary and secondary Juan Hernandez had six goals on the year with 17 assists. And those are, again, secondary and primary. Primary being the pass that that's a normal assist, and then the secondary being the pass before the pass that leads to the assist. So Juan's XG chain would be would be good. If I did that, if I did that stat, which <laughs> it would be insane for me to try to figure that out. <laughs> right, but, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But for those of you who don't know, XG chain is just you, have, you take a, a goal and you go back – Work, go kind of work your way back through the passes, and everybody who was who played a go or played a role of that gets the XG. And so that seventeen, you know, so you stole. I would I would have said Costa, um, just because offense was at a premium for us at some points, and he he scored against against comp, you know the the lower competition, but he also scored goals against Batiste and scored goals against uh, New York. I, you know, so, you know, Juan, the captain is, I think it would be a popular choice. I'm going to go like a little left field, no pun intended. Um, I think Torres deserves a lot of, of shouts. I agree. Um, again, he's, 
the only fullback we have. <laughs> it seems like we have the only true fullback <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> yeah, um, and just did a lot of work um, both defensively and going forward from the fullback position. And, and playing the formations that we play, you need fullbacks to provide width, and uh, we didn't always really have that. Um, but you know, it, when we did, he was normally the guy bombing forward, and then. then killing you know kicking his butt to get back I mean I, I do think that Gabby was a you know MVP and best player are, are not always the same and I think Gar- uh, there's a very strong case to say Gabby was our best player and yeah. certainly uh, even in stronger case to say our best first year player this year as far as players that made their debut this year he was at the top of that heap and and I really 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 hope he's manning our left flank uh, this next year yeah so Gabby Torres was fourth on the team in minutes uh, behind Jordan Dunstan, Phil D'Amico, and Juan Hernandez. He uh, finished on the year with one goal, uh, a great goal that we all remember against Asheville. Mm-hmm. And, and Asheville will never forget. And and four assists on the year, um, which isn't terribly surprising. Uh, sometimes you might think that fullbacks will cross the ball in and get a few extra assists. Uh, but that, that but wasn't we, really our game. It was, wasn't our game. We mm-hmm. don't also don't have a lot of height uh, right. in, in the middle for crosses. Um so I'm I'm glad I'm glad you went there because I think he was he was mine for uh, one other different reason the the change in in how we played and the effectiveness of how we played the couple of games that Gabby was not in the lineup once he got injured was drastic yeah we were by far a worse team when Gabby Torres did not play um and uh. I mean, I, I think back to the to the Detroit home game, where he's not in the lineup because he gets hurt against mm-hmm. the Cosmos towards the end of the game, uh, uh, in New York, and what was originally an offense that would create some chances and fail to put them away, in by and large, but would be able to still like find a way to create stuff against against teams, just couldn't create anything anymore, uh, and 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 his. His presence on the left side opened up things in different parts of the of the field, and um, and, and, I, and, and I just wish we if desperately we, missed that. If we had something on the right that offered half of what Torres did on the left, uh, um, going forward, yeah, yeah, going forward, um, you know, we had right backs that that could play well. You know, Soren, you know, he's has probably one of my favorite players over the last four or five years. Um, and one of our most, one of our probably more flexible players in terms of the the positions he can play, um, at least in the back line, I guess. Sure. Uh, you know, he he did well, and then we've had to, we had who else do we have? Uh, Smarzak, he played the right back. So we tended to play Smarzak when we needed more possession. Yeah. Smarzak going forward because he's not a super pacing guy was not going to beat guys at the end line, but he did keep possession, recycle possession a little bit better than Zorin did. Um, yeah. So he was able to be another midfielder. In, right. in the offense, but not an attacker so much. I, I think he could serve. He could deliver a ball a little bit better than Soren. Sure, as well. yes, but neither yes. one of those guys provided what Gabby did no. going forward, with especially with the final ball. And Soren defensively again was excellent. Yeah, but so I mean, it's, for me, Soren's an outside, an outside center back in a back three. I mean, yes, that's, that's kind of that's his best position. That, that for would sure. be his best position. I I agree with that and. You know, it's it's no shot at Soren to say that he's not a right back, right? No, he was a no. guy filling in at right back. Yeah. So we definitely missed having a, a, a Gabby Torres uh, on the right side. Yep. 
Okay, let's go. Let's have a full philosophical question. Oh no! Is this that fifteen point or the person that asked this is an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Would you be happier with beautiful soccer? Yeah, this one. But a tenth place out of fifteen finish, or with absolute shit soccer, but a fourth place finish in the league. Fourth. Yeah, I didn't say four, when. Four out of four out of fifteen, or ten out of fifteen. But you get beautiful soccer at ten out of fifteen, and you get really—I mean, like really bad soccer, garbage soccer. But fourth out of fifteen, like picture, make the playoffs. You make the playoffs. Picture, and, picture me playing soccer. <laughs> well, we're not fin- we're not finishing fourth. <laughs> <laughs> but what if we did? But what if? Oh man! So it's the it's the it's the um, as an Arsenal fan, you should understand the, this conundrum yeah, very it's well. The Ho- it's the Jose versus Ar- Arson in the at the at the peak of each of their powers. It's the the. the I Jose think at the peak of Arson's powers, it's beautiful soccer, but they still finish fourth. But that is well, no, it's beautiful soccer. <laughs> it's beautiful soccer. If they don't lose a game, but um, that happened like once. I know it did. <laughs> yes, only once <laughs> ever, and we got a little golden trophy for it. Um, I'm dying. It's adorable. All right, Todd, that was for you. So, uh, so I really, it's if it's if it's beautiful, entertaining soccer, but finished tenth. Yeah, I think I, I still I think I got to go there. You got to go with beautiful soccer that finishes tenth, or I mean, oh. if if I'm fit, if the if if it's fourth, if you give me a trophy for it, then maybe. I mean, well, if that's Arsenal about, give themselves that, that a trophy is, that every year. That is the year. Arsenal way right there. If you give me a trophy for... No, not not for fourth. Got him. If you give me an actual trophy for winning the league, jackass. That would have, that would have, an, actual, uh, that would have had an actual impact on it. Yeah. So if you give me... If you say play awful soccer but win something or play beautiful soccer and and finish at the bottom of the table then that's a completely different question but if you're giving all you're doing is giving me fourth then I want to watch I want to be entertained I want to see good I want to good see good see good flowing attacking soccer so, you know you know what's entertaining to me winning yes making the playoffs playoffs man or is that I mean playoffs are I mean again I just I can't I, I don't know if I could take See, so the thing is, the thing is, Matt. By the end, when you when you play that playoff game, that playoff game would be fun, right? The game that game would be fun, and if we won something, that the match where we won would be fun. But the rest of it would be like, but we would win more games during that season. I actually think if if we got if we got to the to the playoffs playing with just absolutely terrible soccer, we would probably also still play absolutely terrible oh, soccer for sure. in, the, in a playoff game. Yeah. So and, that, and, that would be and, our chance of And winning. winning something would be great. Yeah, like winning some more games and not coming in 10th. Um, I would for <laughs> sure take the fourth place finish. Um, I like I like beautiful soccer, but I want I want a chance at the playoffs. And it's not that I... So I don't think playoffs are the best, right? But playoffs are what we have. And I want to win more games... And if we if we get to the playoffs and we have a puncher's chance to win the playoffs, and so uh, give me fourth place playing yeah, shit soccer. Like people people like wins and they don't yeah. like losses. Well, yeah. If you give me like I said, if you give, if you say Jim, would you take a championship playing? Would you would you do would you have Chelsea winning the Champions League playing disgustingly boring soccer, or would you take Arsenal finishing eighth 
with you know playing whatever the hell it is we play um then yeah i understand that you, i understand that but you give me fourth uh, i mean that's not enough for me to really want to be bored all year that's fair i i i disagree but i i get it i can yeah. understand it okay. and plus i don't really think if you really play beautiful soccer that you're going to finish 10th i mean we finished metaphorically 10th this year playing beautiful soccer i wasn't gonna say that but like i thought about it we didn't what I mean, metaphorically tenth. Metaphorically tenth, <laughs> and we were we were solidly mid table. So, well, I mean, I, I guess beautiful soccer has in product, and we, you know. Yeah. Oh, so. I mean, I, I do think that we were we were spectacular. In You're a talking lot of about moments. when you want to have possession. That's yeah. not necessarily beautiful soccer. I mean, scoring goals is definitely beautiful. I don't know. I just want to win. Creating chances, creating you know, be, you know, having good flowing soccer. Yeah. Anyway. I just want to win. I don't really care. I, I get it, and I you know, and if, when I'm when I'm in the match, when I'm at the match, I'm kind of I'm totally I'm kind of totally with you. Like I you know, but but now if you ask me, and you're only giving me fourth, Matt, sure, I don't really care about fourth. You can get fourth anywhere. I know. Yeah, I get it. No, that, that's why the I think that's why the question went the way it went. Uh, favorite favorite goal of the year. Oh, I mean, there's. Oh, you take that. There's just no. I mean, there's no doubt. It's Webb's goal and against Nashville. It's. I mean, it's, there's no other. There's no other answer to that. That was. It's the header. That was for sure the most electric. No, it's the. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's no. It's it's uh, no, no. There's no other. There's no. It's, don't t- and if you give me a goal in a friendly, I'm gonna I'm gonna put <laughs> I'm gonna put the mic down and I'm leaving because friendlies don't matter. They do when you're playing a team from La Liga. No, it doesn't. No, it even matters less. No, like, it's like you, like you and the people from Detroit who still tell us about them beating Atlas or whatever the hell you know that team they beat. Who? Yeah, right. So I mean, no, stop, stop. Where's that bomb button on the? That's the orange one, I think. Oh well, that's good too. That's fine. Yeah. So if if we're talking about if if we do classify them separately as friendlies and uh, and competitive for sure, Webb's goal is by far the best. Also, if we want to talk competitive games, Gabby's goal, slight his one goal of the season where he sliced through two Asheville players. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. A bit but I, I'm gonna go a different direction actually with mine. Ugh. It's I mean you're all, you're it's Webb's goal. I mean it's just, just, I need, you're I need, gonna say Lima's header, aren't you? I need you guys. To get- <laughs> <laughs> well, that. that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's literally the sound that Lima's header made when he hit the ball. Lima's like forty-five yard header that bounced over the keeper is uh, actually not what I was thinking, but maybe what like should have been thinking because it's along those lines <laughs> of like just kind of goal. Uh, the one I was thinking of was Joe Costa off Costa's back in the members' cup <laughs> off his back. Yeah, <laughs> which which by the way I gave a point four xg to because <laughs> it was a shot off his back. <laughs> How else do you like classify? Well, I mean, you have that? To, it's a shot on goal, so right. I gave it. I gave it what and it was. Statistically this, speaking, it'll average itself. Out. This yeah. is why statisticians cannot be trusted. Forty percent of the shots off your ass will go in the goal. Forty percent of the time, it works. It works every, every time. time. <laughs> so what? Go ahead and say your goal. You didn't. You never said it, even though. Oh, it's it's Joao Costa against Real Betis. Yeah, Real Betis. Be, yeah. Mostly because of the unexpected nature of it. I always believed the reason Webb's goal isn't number one for me is because I believed we were going to beat them after how angry we were against International. I just I just felt like we were going to do it. I never thought in a million years we would get a goal against Real Betis. I hoped in my wildest dreams that we would win like or we would lose, excuse me, like three nothing. Yeah. 
and and that maybe we would get a consolation goal at the end on a lucky scramble mm-hmm. to make it like five one or six one, and we were up one nothing until the forty seventh minute. Like, yeah, I, that's why it's that goal for me because of the unexpected nature of it. Yeah, you're still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do let's do one more of these. Friendlies don't uh, count. And then I've got a little bit of a uh, a surprise fun story uh, to take us out. Okay. Oh no. And, I'm terrified, uh, but let's go. It'll be fun. So, last last question: What's your <laughs> What's your biggest fear going into next year? So you're looking just like just for 2020, just the year, spring, fall, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I, I I'm going to roll in a question that we won't get to, but I'm going to answer it kind of using this question. So I was on the you're smarter than us podcast with Tim and he asked me what I felt, how, how, how I felt the community. Um, I think he said, wrap their arms around fall soccer. How, how did, how did Chattanooga support soccer in the fall oh, you're going the same way I was going to go and I didn't I you know I told him that I really I had to put an asterisk by my because of the weather like you know it's you know I had I had all the stats in front of me and I saw there's a there's, there's a trend line just straight down and so those last couple of matches were, were like 800s and um but there were just there's their their weather was so shitty that it, that I told him the, the frustration was we don't really have good data about fall because it, there are just so many other variables that went into, I think, the poor attendance. But I'm that's my biggest fear is that we get into we get into these matches and and we just don't see the numbers that we had come to expect between what, like eleven and sixteen. Um, and because I know that everything else, um, kind of comes from, I mean, attendance, ticket sales and those kind of things are are probably the the biggest driver of revenue. And so, um, and I know with revenue comes players and with players comes results and results comes attendance. And so it's, you know, that's what my, my biggest worry is that we, we show up and we're at, you know, 800 to 1200 people. Yeah, I, I, a hundred percent echo that. I, I really couldn't say it any better myself. Um, I'll just, I guess, piggyback on that and say sustainability worries me. Um, transitioning to professional, there's the, um, graveyard of professional teams is vast. And I, I don't think that CFC is in risk in 2020. I don't think we risk going out of business, but the, it could really set the tone for where we go. And based on the attendance that Jim just mentioned, um, and again, we had, I think Jim has, has said this before, and, and I know we've definitely talked about it. We've had, we had 10 of 18 home games had, had rain. Yeah. And that's, that's obviously huge, and it's hard to draw real conclusions because maybe those games with, that had you know, slightly less than 1,000 people would have had 2,200 people, which sustainability-wise, 2,200 is not where you want to be, but you can make it work. You know, a, a thousand people. It's it's not it's not okay. So that worries me. And then, but additionally, just in sustainability in general. You know, we were pre- transitioning to paid players. We are transitioning to a full season, and we're transitioning to larger and higher uh, costs when traveling. 
because we'll be traveling a lot further. And so I, I hope that we can figure out how to navigate those waters. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come through sponsorship. I think Jeremy's going to be a big part of um, this transition in, in bringing his expertise and bringing more and better sponsorship opportunities um, with him and his team. And hopefully they do a fantastic job because they may have to make up for some ticket revenue, um, potentially, because we don't know what the fall looks like. And, and if the fall, if we can figure out a way to have 3,000 fans a game, we're going to be fine. But if, if we're at 1,200 fans, it's a problem. And, and we just simply don't have the data to know because this year was so skewed by terrible weather. I mean, when it's 42 degrees and, and just raining sideways, like there's no way to know if that 800 fans is actually amazing attendance because no one should have been there, or if that is just terrible, and that's what it would have been anyway. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's what's hard. And now you can, you know, Tim didn't ask me, um, you know, did we play any matches um, where there were other other soccer events going on in the in the area? And we played five times where there were other soccer things going on, and we always outdrew the other soccer things going on. So, you know, it's. Um, but and I and I do think eight hundred is is pretty good for especially the um, cold pouring rain. Yeah, I mean for for the and and like I told him, th- this wasn't just like you know a mist, right? I mean this was like you know they're like a I deluge. S- yeah, I mean I saw like two giraffes walk by. I'm still so. Wet. This is a month later. I'm still yeah. Wet. I mean two you know so man, it, they were just in that stars match. Oh my. Goodness, I just two different rain delays. Yeah, miserable. Oh, and it, and that that was my first match after surgery, which was stupid. Like I, was, I hope he's had in the press box the I mean, whole time. I did, but I was dead. Oh my god, that was awful. I mean, it was just awful for all kinds of reasons. And then and then we drew it um, and allowed Steven to score. So um, yeah, yeah, it was miserable. Yeah, it was just absolutely miserable. So it's it's hard to know. Uh, it's hard to know. And I, I, you know, but I look at the friendlies and I know that the, the main reason why those matches were really, really well attended is the, who we were playing in the communities that those games brought in. And so I, I do think that that goes back to, I think somebody asked Jeremy at the meetup on Tuesday, are we going to be playing, you know, are we going to be playing those friendlies? And I, I think we, we really have to. We have, we have to find a way to bring some Central America or South American teams in and, and reach out to those communities and get those get – those, because if you can get 8,000 people at one of those games, then you can afford to have an 800-person game. Sure. You, know, uh, you can afford to have one of those. Um, but, yeah, so that that's my biggest fear is along the same lines as you is just that attendance just doesn't, doesn't track and, and that just hurts sustainability. Yeah. All right. Well, way to end on a sour note. Can we can we do one more question so we end on a happy note, maybe? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I guess. Ah, uh, yes, actually, yes. I've got a perfect one for you. I I knew you would. What are what are the best things, or maybe just best thing, about moving to a fully professional league, aka, what are you so happy to leave behind in the NPSL? Uh, I think it's called shithousery, <laughs> which is actually the uh, entire MPSL branding and 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 modus operandi is uh, shithousery. Not uh, uh, seriously refereeing. It's not going to get a lot better. No, but it can't get worse. 
mm-hmm. getting professional. So the the way refereeing works for people who don't know, the wherever you are in the professional ladder, you get preference on the best and most qualified referees. Mm-hmm. So the higher we are up the ladder, the better chance it is that we get better referees. I'm not saying we're going to see a revolution in refereeing. We're not. Refereeing is one of the things in this country that I believe holds us the furthest back on the soccer. Um, the furthest? Uh, I think player development is bad. I think promotion relegation is bad. I think the USSF is bad. I think our refereeing is actually the worst part of mm. what we do. My, it's my opinion. I think refereeing is actually further behind than anything else. There's like no hope. Um, but, but the little bit of hope that I have is that the few good referees that are out there, they get assigned to professional games. They get assigned to the highest level professional game that's happening that weekend or that day or whatever. And that's how that job works. You get assigned on that day. And so I'm hoping that if on that day we are more often higher up the food chain, we get better referees more often and we have less time uh, spent talking about Mary's favorite chance and about bad refereeing. <laughs> so I what, I what I'm looking most forward to and what I'm looking most forward to leaving behind is just the inconsistency of the game match fan experience f- from the other clubs that we're playing. Just... You know, from going to Asheville, where they've got the camera facing into the into the heart of the sun, and and a giant hole in the bottom of their press box. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and a giant hole in the bottom of their press box. Although I, you know, I, I love the club, and you know, I, I like you know. Well, I'm not great. I'm not too happy about the franchise, but I love I loved the club. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, going to, you know, uh, uh, some high school stadium and, or, or, you know, uh, down in Atlanta or watching a Georgia, Georgia revolution game where the, you know, the half of the field looks like you're on the surface of the sun and the other half is, is, you know, you can't see what you just can't see what's going on. So, and, and we can, pe- people can blame it on my Kuju all you want, but you know, and my Kuju is also bad, yeah, but you know, I, did you, I don't know if you watched the Stumptown Miami East coast championship, but it was, I mean, there's, there was nothing wrong. And in Miami streams were great. New York streams were great. Uh, Oakland streams are good. All the West coast team streams are good. They are all on my Kuju. Uh, the bad streams were on, at, at the places where you would kind of expect them to be because the, the fan experience and, and the, the quality of what they offer was just, was just not great. So the consistency of experience across the clubs, I think will all go up. Um, and uh, so the professionalism of the clubs, and so I, that's what I'm looking forward to, and and not having to go and worry about our players like ripping their knees apart on that turf in Nashville, <laughs> or not having a locker room to change in, having to change on the bus. Yeah, I mean, just you know, or having a bus blow up on the way to the game. <laughs> oh, that was just a fan bus. <laughs> um, that, that's still totally possible. <laughs> But yeah, not you know, not not Nashville. That that would be fine. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I totally echo that. That's the thing that has most pushed me over the past few years about whether I think we should go professional or not. And I would just like to be in a league with teams that give a shit mm-hmm. and that have the uh, ability to pay for shit. And and it's those two things sometimes go hand in hand. They don't have to. But as you pointed out, Miami having a good stream, having a good fan experience, New York, having I don't a know good if they have a good well they have a good fan singular experience. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I just, what is up with that? Miami drawing 800 people, 500 people. That's I don't know. Got, that's got to change. I I, I hope that they, they, I mean, they it kept they kept their professional team 
but they pretty much suspended their professional operations. Yeah, yeah. except for Cardi. Yeah, I mean they kept their they kept the staff around, but they didn't really. My understanding is they didn't do much marketing. They weren't oh, really no, in they the didn't. community. No, they didn't. So hopefully they they ramp that back up as they go fully professional again. But yeah, you're right. The being in a league, and, and here's the other thing: is iron sharpens iron, right? And if CFC is in a league where we are the big fish and we are the uh, the standard bearer and we're showing everybody what it's like, there's no one pushing us. And I'm not saying that we're not doing well. We're obviously doing good stuff. But if you have other teams pushing you. If you have other teams raising the bar around you, it only makes you better. And so I agree with you. That's that's the the best thing. But also give me some good referees. Damn it. All right. Well, I think that wraps the uh, that wraps up this one. Episode four of fifty two. Episode four of fifty two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> only forty eight more. We've, we've come so far. Uh, so I think that put that puts a wrap on nineteen. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I think 19's done and dusted, and we should only revisit it as a happy memory now. Yes. Uh, Good riddance. Well, MPSL, uh, and we're gonna find out some cool. I think we're gonna find out some things maybe uh, next week. Uh, I don't know how much the club will actually put out, but I think we might be hearing some things about Nisa and and who's in and and the rule. So that's gonna be exciting after the. The meetings in Chicago yeah, next we, week. We can dissect so. some 2020 stuff in a few weeks, yep. probably. Yep. Uh, well, I think let's uh, let's wrap it up for tonight. Uh, Jim, thank you for joining. It's, uh, it's, thanks it's, for this co- yeah, collaboration. It's, yeah, it's been a blast. Uh, you can find me, block me, mute me, anywhere, you know, ignore me, whatever, on Twitter at Chattagooner. Or you can do all of that to the podcast at 423SoccerPod. And give them a give them a, a like and a follow on uh, on the social medias, yeah. but also check out their actual podcast feed because they they put out good feed, the good good episodes and and stuff in their feed that we don't do, like post game reactions and tactical analysis. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we do what we can, and then Matt tells us what we got wrong. It's my job. <laughs> and uh, my I'm breezy. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Breezy. Thank you for. Uh, checking in with us and if you feel so inclined leaving us a uh, review and a, a rating on the itunes please is always helpful one please, i mean just please make it a good listen one. just give it five stars and you can say whatever bad things you want about <laughs> matt it's fine mm-hmm. as long as you leave five stars you say whatever you want about matt and if won't. you're one of the two people that has given us a one star fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what we come to this podcast for yeah, because we don't have a spicy rating on ours, so I can I can you can say whatever you <laughs> yeah, want on this one. On, yeah, on the one hundred and nine. And I am Matt Coniglio. You can find me on Twitter at Whiskey Is Fine, and uh, you can also find the pod at Section One Hundred Nine Pod. All right. So from the uh, guys at the Four Three Three Soccer Pod and from Section One Hundred Nine, thank you for listening, and we'll catch up with you soon.